Four days to go until voting day. Richard Zussman joins us now for more on that and how the campaign is going. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. It was so funny. I was having a conversation yesterday trying to figure out how many days to go. And if you count the full day that is before you <laughs> or if you skip that day. Like, you have young kids. I can tell. All day like Tuesday, <laughs> then Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday. And then Saturday is the fifth day or uh-huh. you just skip today because we're already in it i kind of skipped today because for me this is like the middle of my day right i, I realize other people haven't started their day too. yeah i know i'm gonna i'm gonna call it four days just by going on the calendar yeah because then it'll get really confusing like if well, we i think it already friday, is friday i think i think we've already I made say it. it's two days but really it's the next day yeah, just, four days until election day. I'm with you there. Why Sydney, don't we just you. talk about where we're at with this? So we we can agree that it's <laughs> less than a week to go before election day. And I'm sure, and you know what? I've There's a lot of phone calls that have come to my house from polling companies that I'm not answering the phone. So obviously, because I don't want to give my, I can't give an answer working in the media, but I would imagine there's a lot of polling going on right now. There's a lot of polling going on. We saw an Angus Reid Institute poll out uh, this morning. Uh, that shows uh, a tightening of the race uh, in in many ways. 10% spread now between the NDP and the Liberals. Uh, This down from as high as 18 as we saw in some polls. And it's not that the Liberals are gaining. uh, It's that the Greens seem to be picking up some. Uh, and the other category seems to be moving a little bit as well. And so there's a bit of a tightening there. That, that's Those are still projections, though, that would seem to indicate an NDP majority government. But it's really interesting for the Greens to see if there's any places where they're going to be picking up. So the whole next uh, few days will be about focusing in on those areas where leaders believe they can win flip seats or hold essential seats and it's important to start with the green party today because sonia first is going over to vancouver and will be in the riding of west vancouver sea to sky and if this bounce she got in the debate is real that is a riding where i think it's the one riding the greens believe they could potentially pick up it's a longtime liberal seat jordan sturdy mm-hmm. uh, holds it for the bc liberals and the uh, Greens have a, a candidate uh, from Whistler, Whistler, Jeremy Villariot, who was also a Gibson's counselor at one point. So first one will be there to talk about COVID-19 recovery and about tourism, but really to try to give that candidate some attention. And the Liberals will be about focusing in on those same ridings we've seen Andrew Wilkinson hit through the entire campaign. Go back to Maple Ridge Mission, Maple Ridge Pit Meadows, Port Moody Coquitlam, and then hold on, try to hold on to those seats that they have that are seen as potential swings, Richmond, as well as Surrey. So that's going to be the strategy we see from the Liberals. And then with the NDP and John Horgan, Coquitlam Burke Mountain seems to be this obsession. You would think that that seat was already in the safe category and the NDP could forget about it. But based on where he's visiting, that's not true. Finn Donnelly is the NDP candidate there and Horgan is back mm-hmm. there again today in Coquitlam, uh, Burke Mountain. The closest race in the last election to won the NDP knows they must, must, must pick up if uh, Horgan's going to form government. Right. You mentioned that Angus Reid Institute poll out this morning. It did show a little tightening of the race. 45% for the NDP, uh, 35% for the BC Liberals, and up to 16% for the BC Green Party. So still a gap, but you're right. Some numbers improving there a little bit. Yeah, and I think 
the way it's described in the study is a tale of two voters, those who have voted already mm-hmm. and those who plan on voting. And we know that there are hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots now in the process of being returned. We know that hundreds of thousands of people have already voted in advance. And based on this poll, those that have actually put their vote in the box are um, an overwhelming majority voting for the NDP. So it's like 51% for the NDP for those who have already voted. Uh, Lower, obviously, uh, for the NDP, I think 33 for the Liberals. So that could lead, if the, if this poll is accurate into what is happening, Simi, right. it's going to lead to a really interesting election night where the results will be coming and we may see a lot of situations where they are just too close to call on election night, knowing that there are lots of mail-in ballots out there. Mm-hmm. And then when those mail-in ballots are counted two weeks later, then we'll start seeing a different trend emerge. Right. We'll, we'll have to obviously wait and see on that. I'm not convinced that that is completely and totally accurate of what is happening, but it is an interesting picture that is being drawn there of how the mail-in ballots and the delay in counting them, and, and we've talked about this before, but it's worth reminding people, the reason it is delayed mm-hmm. is so that Elections BC can verify all of the ballots that come in by mail. And we've never seen this many mail-in ballots before. That's really an over-exaggeration, or an under-exaggeration, sorry, under-exaggeration. Last election, we had 6,500 mail-in ballots. This time, we'll have hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots. So it's going to take a lot of time to count those, to verify those, to ensure people don't vote both in person and by mail. And so it's going to be, that. that is going to be an interesting indicator around what we start seeing in terms of the results coming in on election night. Also important to note the advanced polls. So if you voted over the last few days in person, those polls will be counted. The advanced polls will be counted on election night as part of uh, election day voting as well. And the difference is the verification, right? You go to vote in the advanced polls, they verify you right there when you vote. With the mail-in, they still have to verify you, which is what what takes so so much longer. Uh, Let's talk about the best and worst case scenarios for each party here. I'd imagine there's a lot of that going on in the back rooms right now. Yeah, so I think they're they're grappling with this. So the NDP best case scenario at this point is a massive majority government where they win seats in the 50s, you know, there was talk even last week uh, after a really bad week by Andrew Wilkinson, the NDP was looking somewhere in the 60s. I don't think that's realistic, but that would be a, a complete annihilation of the BC Liberals. And John Horgan comes back to Victoria with a massive mandate, a massive majority government, and a lot of people to choose from uh, in terms of forming a cabinet and, and creating a vision uh, for the next four years. The worst case scenario for the NDP seems to lean somewhere around... A minority government, potentially John Horgan being the uh, second place finisher in a minority government situation where the Green Party decides Again. Uh, to support the yes. BC Liberals and make Andrew Wilkinson Premier. Aha. That's the best case scenario, it seems, for the Liberal Simi, where you know Andrew Wilkinson is able to keep those seats that he has, pick up Maple Ridge, maybe lose one or two. And be on that fringes of the mid-40s right. where the Liberals could be in a really tight majority or potentially a minority. Okay. And what about for the Green Party, though? And then the Green Party, I think, 
the best case is picking up some seats. That one that we mentioned, West Vancouver Sea to Sky, uh, potentially improving results. And they are now thinking that if the Liberal vote falls out the bottom, they could be competitive in Vernon Monashi. Mm. Nelson Creston is an NDP seat where the Greens believe they could be competitive. So it's about competitive races, building on Sonia Furstenau's first impressions, and then building up the party as a provincial party and holding on. I think even in a best case, it's hard to believe they'll hold on to all their seats because Oak Bay Gordon Head seems to be going towards the NDP. But there is a chance there that we're not seeing all those green supporters who love the Greens even right. more than they love Andrew Weaver. So I think those are the sort of scenarios we're looking at. Obviously, the worst case for the Liberals is that in complete annihilation. Andrew Wilkinson forced to resign on election night as leader, uh, leading the party to one of its worst finishes, if not worst finishes, since 1991. And then a complete and total rebuild for the Liberals with a new leader, new vision, try to figure out how to deal with that social conservative part of the big tent party and, and move back towards the center where the liberals showed right. they could effectively govern from for so long. All right, Richard, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Simi. We get to do this one more time. <laughs> Just one before more election day. before we're Holy also smokes. working on Saturday night. We'll be talking yeah, a yeah, lot I'll about it then. Okay, thanks, Richard.